the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Forecast, cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening, 82 the high, low of 71 tonight. Don't be shocked if you see a thunder shower come through. That's a little joke there, I guess. Shocked? Thunder? I guess it'd be a lightning thing. Forget I said anything. Uh, tomorrow, cloudy, a few showers and thunder showers, likely a high of 80. Philly 6-5 over Boston yesterday, then they lost 5-2 to those same Red Sox in a seven-inning per game doubleheader. They're off tonight, take on Miami tomorrow night at 640. We're looking forward to having a special guest join us. He's going to be with uh, on with us yesterday. Uh, Randall Wenger is his name, chief counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, also with Pennsylvania Family Institute. A lot of great stuff to talk about. He's been our guest a couple of times, and every now and again, we like to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, can you uh, update us on what's going on, some of the cases you're working on, things like that? So we'll be chatting with him about that. Feel free, by the way, parenthetically, to get the podcast of the program after the show. We put our podcast at WFIL.com right in the homepage in reverse order, the newest one on top. So you can scroll back through and uh, see which ones you like to listen to, which ones are of interest. And you can also on another, maybe this is an inner parenthesis, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast too and just have them delivered. You don't have to think about it. You can do that wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes thingy and uh, Stitcher and Spotify and a couple others too, at least. Just type in Tim DeMoss Show and uh, – and subscribe. And if you are so inclined to leave a review somewhere, I've heard that's a good thing to help spread the word, which we're certainly not against. Ultimately, mostly we really want uh, God to be glorified and his kingdom to be, you know, uh, accomplished on earth here as part of the Lord's prayer. We want to be part of that, however he sees fit to use us. So thanks for listening in. Thanks for your prayers for the program. Speaking of which, we don't, uh, you know, accomplish anything really without prayer and, and your help. So please uh, consider that as you listen in throughout the uh, the day today and in general and for the radio station. While I'm at it, feel free to pray for the radio station and for the different ministries that you hear. Quick break. Looking forward to bringing Randall Wenger on the program here in just a moment. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com and on the WFIL app. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. On AM560 WFIL, it's the Tim DeMoss Show. Neo, sooner or later you're going to realize, just as I did, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path.
am560wfil.com on the app. Not really sure you can say that too many times. God is in control. God is on his throne. It's Twyla Paris, a classic from her. You can catch songs like that, by the way, on our Moldy Oldies Monday show. That song's not terribly old. I think it was early 90s, but we do songs from the 60s right through the 90s on our Moldy Oldies program the last Monday of each month. So bookmark that from now. And feel free anytime you think of it. If you have a song like, you know what? I haven't heard this one in a long time, but can you put that in the show? Feel free to send an email to Timmy D, T I M M Y D, at WFIL.com, or you can text the show line 610 500 Dove, 610 500 3683 to get a request in uh, even way ahead of time. One of the reasons why I played that song also is it ties in with our special guest today, especially because of the work that he does often deals with cases that can be, in the legal system, a discouraging or a challenge and a battle. And you could feel a little bit like, you know, how could that happen? How could a court rule that way? Or how could things go that direction? Uh, our guest is a, uh, a chief counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, also uh, with Pennsylvania Family Institute. It's a law center as far as the, the Independence Law Center to maintain liberties that have been making America great and free. Uh, his cases have included representation of Conestoga Wood and its owners, the Han family, and a companion case to Hobby Lobby. You may have heard about a recent religious liberty win before the U.S. Supreme Court. We're going to chat with him about that and some other things, some good, some good news, some stuff that's you know not as good or the way things you know we we're hoping things might turn out perhaps. And uh, in any case, without further ado, uh, bring on Randall Wenger. Uh, is it Randall or Randy? I guess it would depend on where you are. Uh, that's exactly right. There's another Randall Wenger in my area. So when I'm around him, I go by Randy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Chief Counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and connected with the PA Family Institute. And um, you joined us originally, I think the first time, had to do with the case of Boyertown High School in the locker room case. Um, that was about a year and a half, fall of 2018, I think. Am I, you remember that? These, and those issues have been ongoing. I mean, even in the last uh, three weeks. Really? There have been two decisions coming down from two different courts of appeals dealing with with the bathroom privacy issue. So it's, it's an issue that's still left unresolved. Um, both of them were two-to-one decisions uh, where, where the court said that uh, schools – should actually open up their bathrooms, but uh, but brilliant dissents, and in the cases really turned on what it means to be male and what it means to be female, and uh, whether whether we're going to recognize that uh, sex has to do with the biological differences and the use of facilities that set apart on the basis of sex. What's the purpose of those facilities? Is it is it the purpose of group affiliation? Or is it the purpose of we? These are places where we take our our clothes off and engage in very private functions that are meant to be shared only with persons of the same biology, so that you're not uh, you're not seeing those of the opposite biology. Sure. And it, it, you know, it's it's funny to have to say it that way, um, but we get so confused as a culture as we begin to redefine terms. We sometimes we sometimes forget what the actual underlying purpose of the institutions are that we have. 
Take a second, if you would. Just I, I remember the the nuts and bolts of it, but just for those who did not hear that conversation, what the original issue was at that Boyertown High School, which is not far from here. Yeah, yeah, Boyertown High School. Um, they they had determined that uh, persons could use the locker room and the restroom based on the the gender that they identified with, rather than their actual anatomical biology, and so. There were there were a couple of boys in the locker room who, um, on dress, um, discovered themselves to be in close proximity to to a biological female, and uh, a girl who who was in uh, the bathroom found herself in with a boy. And the the really difficult situation this is for kids kids having to figure out how to navigate this these ridiculous situations that uh, really amount to sexual harassment. I mean, you're putting these kids in a situation on purpose that's sexually harassing. You've got separate places for boys and girls. You continue to label it boy and girl, and yet you're, you're inviting others in based on how they identify versus, versus what their anatomy is. And that's really not fair to kids. It's to force them to navigate that, to force them to navigate the sexual harassment. And it's, it, it, it's really something that you see far too often in society, that sexual harassment happens because you've got, you've got different degrees of power. And here you've got uh, school administrators who are supposed to be looking out for the well-being of kids saying, you know what, you know, go ahead and use the same facilities. And, you know, if you don't like it, uh, uh, you can do something else. But we're not even going to tell you beforehand. So just... Yeah, that was, that was that was a big part of it. I, I remember that where you said that the that the the kids in the locker room or the bathroom looked up and there was someone of the opposite sex there. They didn't even know like what are you doing in here? And uh, and then when they went to administ- the administrative side of things, they were told uh, get used to it. Like as opposed to and the parents hadn't even been told. Right? I think it was just kind of hadn't been announced even that we're going to go this direction as a policy. What a way to have to discover. You know? No, <laughs> so no, and and far too often that's that's been what's happening around the country. You've got these school districts that consider their mission to do this, and so then conversely, there there are some schools that are doing the right thing. It's school in in Virginia and another one in Florida, but uh, adverse decisions at the court of appeals. But we're hopeful. Um, we're hopeful that both of those situations will be righted where, where these schools were looking out for the, for the bodily privacy of the kids. And the dissents on both of those cases are, are outstanding or noteworthy. And uh, we're hopeful that, uh, that uh, the court of appeals and we'll, we'll take a, take a fresh look at it as well as the U S Supreme court. But, uh, these issues aren't over. These issues are very winnable, and and we have to stay engaged for for the good of our kids and our grandkids. It's it really it's really fair to no one, whether it's those who are looking out for the bodily privacy, or frankly, for anyone involved, including those who are identifying as the opposite sex. Uh, we we can do better for everyone involved than create situations like this. Chat with Randall Wenger, the uh, chief counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and the Pennsylvania Family Institute on the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. And at the time when we talked, I think it was fall again of 2018, November maybe, you said it was maybe come before the Supreme Court. 
which was January, February-ish, maybe. And then, but the fact that we're now way past that, that just kind of speaks to the fact that, yeah, this this is a battle. You have to kind of be prepared for the long haul. I'm sure this is not the only time where you've seen something where you just kind of, you have to be ready to all, at, at any given moment and then keep moving forward as best as you can. Um, so, and, and, and that's really the case. I mean, we, we all understand it from life generally, but it's no different than in, than in the Supreme Court. And there have been plenty of issues that have gone the right way and gone the wrong way, but it's taken years to get there. And, and it's it's in part um, helping helping courts to understand things, but in part it's a cultural issue too. As as time goes on, and and we better understand what's going on in our schools, and better understand what what sexual harassment is, and better understand how, best how to serve our kids in the community. So as as these debates continue. We're we're well served by engaging in the debate in, in a thoughtful way rather than just saying, ah, you know, the world we live in is crazy. Well, yeah, but but you know what? We can we can work in in our society for positive change by helping people to think and understand what's what's happening. That's great. That's a great reminder. You don't have to throw your hands up in the air, get disconnected, or just keep moving and say whatever. You can actually. Get engaged, and you can. In fact, if folks want to check up on the different cases you work on, is there a way for them to follow the stuff that's happening and, and just kind of keep in the loop? Sure, sure. If they go to Independence Law Center, just Google Independence Law Center. It's independencelawcenter.org, and uh, they can they can take a look on at uh, a number of the matters that that we are working on or have been working on. Okay, the Boyertown case then. That is still like a work in progress. It's not done one way or the other, right? Just to well, that that case is is done, but the issue as a whole is not over. So, okay, we're we're, we're continuing to be involved for for that cause. It's an important cause, but uh, but that particular lawsuit is now done. Okay, and I guess did you? Uh, I'm sorry, maybe I didn't ask better better in a better way. If the res- resolution of that is Boyertown is going to do what it wants to do, or was there any? Uh, Boyertown's going to do what it wants to do. Wow! And so it's it's unfortunate. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when we consider the real lives that that affects. And and at the same time, as an issue, it's not it's not over. And so this has been a um, this has been a, a primary subject area that we have been involved in, trying to figure out how to land this well, not not just in any single case, but uh, you know these these issues that we may be dealing with cases here in Pennsylvania are really national issues, and sure. just trying to jump in for others who are litigating these ca- cases like these nationwide. Um, putting our heads together and, and trying to get the best results possible. Randall Wenger is our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show. He's the chief counsel for the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and also with PA Family Institute. We have a quick break to take. We'll keep our chat going in just a moment. The Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in today. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL.com and on the WFIL app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Forecast calling for a cloudy rest of the afternoon and evening. May get a shower, high 82, low of 71 tonight. Shower or thunder shower possible late this evening and or overnight. 
And as a parent, I can tell you that I have my eye on that because the girls have their first soccer practice of the season this evening. Our 10-year-old Theodora is earlier, so I think she'll be fine. But then Tessa, who's a senior, and Julia, who's a junior, have practice at 8.30, thinking they'll still get it in, but it may be a little dicier depending when a little rain arrives. Uh, tomorrow, cloudy, few showers and thunder showers likely, and a high of 80. Phillies and Red Sox split a doubleheader yesterday of the seven-inning variety. Each game, uh, seven innings. They won the first one 6-5 and uh, 5-2, uh, where uh, you know lost to the Red Sox in that game. They are off tonight, and they'll try it again tomorrow at Miami at 6:40. We keep our conversation going. Our special guest today is Randall Wenger. He's chief counsel from the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, also with the Pennsylvania Family Institute, and uh, we're glad to have him on board. Um, I want to ask you about other cases you're currently working on. But first, to wrap up with Boyertown, it's really great to know that even if the resolution isn't what you want, it still brings to light an important issue, right? And your case can help future cases. So it's not like all is necessarily lost. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, as, as time goes on, you, you kind of figure out what what messages work with the court and and with our culture in general. And those those points where hey, if we can if we can build rebuild the foundations brick by brick, where what are those bricks and how do we build it and and how do we get to a point where the courts can recognize the the existence of these rights? And so even even though Boyertown did not go the direction that we wanted to go, we we did get the U.S. Court of Appeals to recognize that there is a right to bodily privacy in our in our partially closed bodies. Um, ironically, what the Court of Appeals missed was recognizing what what is meant by the opposite sex. Um, mm. So, but but these are issues that again, if you if you can build brick by brick, we've got more to work with now than we had prior to filing that case. And I am I'm hopeful that we can get these get these cases to the place where we want them. There's another case, so another Pennsylvania case that uh, went in the direction that you were hoping for. Uh, speaking about the the little sisters of the poor versus Pennsylvania, uh, share share about that, the backstory for it, and, and how that unfolded. Yeah, yeah. So as as some may know, Little Sisters of the Poor is it's a group of nuns. They do really good work with the elderly. And unfortunately, they have now taken multiple trips to the Supreme Court. And and why? Well, um, back in the Obama era, when when the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was passed, part of what wasn't in that very long law was what preventative care was supposed to be covered free of charge for employees within those employer-sponsored health care plans. They, they delegated that to to the agency rather than Congress determining it specifically. And the agency said, "Okay, we are going to we're going to include um, birth control, but not just any birth control, but but abortifacient birth control. Hmm. Um, so drugs and devices that could result in in the death of this newly conceived life. And so, for a lot of employers." This was a really big deal. We do not want to be play, paying for for things that violate our conscience, and so so we had represented um, kind of with specialties. Um, an employer here in Lancaster County 
the case went up to the U.S. Supreme Court, got consolidated with Hobby Lobby, and people may have heard of the Hobby Lobby case, yeah. where, where, where the Supreme Court said, our religious liberty principles apply to the way business owners run their businesses, and that this Affordable Care Act requirement of, of abortifacients uh, violates the religious liberty of these business owners. And so, hey, great win, but not over because the Obama administration was relentless and tried applying this stuff not just to businesses but to groups like Little Sisters of the Poor. So they, they applied a variation of the theme to Little Sisters of the Poor and said, okay, you know what, we're not going to make you um, – we're not going to make you include this as, as part of your health care plan. So you don't have to pay for it. But let us know if you're not going to include it, and then we'll force your health care plan to pay for it. <laughs> so, mm. you know, Little Sisters of Poor looked at this, and it's basically just a show game. Okay, you don't have to do it, but just let us know, and, and we'll force your – like, it's the same thing. So Little Sisters of the Poor, so we, we – we were involved in the Conestoga Wood Hobby Lobby case back in 2014. That's when we got to win there. But 2016, it, the, these issues are still being litigated um, up to the Supreme Court. This time it was the Little Sisters of the Poor and some others that were up at, uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court. But that's when uh, Justice Scalia passed away, and there weren't nine members of the court. So the, the Supreme Court, in kind of an unusual guidance, said um, – Basically, and I paraphrase, hey guys, can you kind of work this out so that so that you can figure something out here that works for everybody where religious liberty is going to be violated and everything can work? And, and then Trump won the the election to everyone's surprise. And and in fact they were able to work something out. The, the Trump administration came out with new regulations that protected religious liberty of for-profit companies and their owners, as, as well as um, ministries um, and in various nonprofits. So everything was theoretically fine until Josh Shapiro, Pennsylvania's attorney general, along with the attorney general of New Jersey, uh, sued the Trump administration saying that the, um, that the religious liberty protections were illegal. Um, filed suit, got an injunction, a federal nationwide injunction blocking blocking these religious liberty protections. So Little Sisters of the Poor got religious liberty protections in Josh Shapiro from, from here in Pennsylvania and from our Attorney General's office, PA Attorney General's office, sued, got an injunction, stopped it. So ultimately, the Little Sisters of the Poor intervened in the case. The case went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And we got a 7-2 to two victory from the Supreme Court in favor of Little Sisters of the Poor. Right. So, very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Randall Wenger, our guest, if you're just tuning in, the Tim DeMoss Show today. He is the um, chief counsel for the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and the Pennsylvania Family Institute. We have a quick break to take. We'll keep our conversation rolling today. By the way, get the podcast of the program on our homepage after the show at WFIL.com. You're more than welcome to subscribe to the podcast. Just type in Tim DeMoss Show wherever you get your podcast. Back with more in just a moment on WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL today. The uh, 
guest we have, Randall Wenger, Chief Counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, as well as with the Pennsylvania Family Institute. And just to continue our conversation, I'm thinking of the Little Sisters of the Poor case and how much time that took. I mean, years of going in uh, the court and out of the court and back in. Well, it is, with, with really good groups involved. Like, uh, we were involved with, with Beckett in the Hobby Lobby case. They represented Hobby Lobby, while at the same time, uh, Lance Depending Freedom, we were representing Conestoga Wood when that went up to the Supreme Court, and then Beckett representing Little Sisters, Little Sisters of the Poor. But, you know, it's, this stuff has been ongoing for a long time. When you think about the Affordable Care Act way back in, you know, what was that, 2010, and then the litigation for these cases beginning, you know, 2012 or so, and winding the way to Supreme Court, first Supreme Court decision in 2014, and we're now in 2020, and we're still working this stuff out. And it's really unfortunate because because when you think about the religious liberty issues at stake, there's something really wrong when we're trying to force a group of nuns to um, to pay for drugs and devices that can result in abortion as part of their health care plan. And, yeah, say, and so, say that again, just so just so people understand. This is the the whole issue is forcing a group of nuns to help include in the health care plan for I guess anyone working with their organization the coverage for abortion-inducing drugs, a group of nuns, like the, it, the lunacy it, of that. It's, it's absurd. And, <laughs> but but I, I want to make this point as well, because you may, you may have listeners who are not religious. You may have, relig- sure. you may have listeners who are not pro-life. Sure. And so what I've noticed as time goes on, people have started to fail to recognize the purpose of religious liberty protections. It, it, they really have to do with a right of conscience. And so regardless of whether we're pro-life, regardless of whether we're religious, everybody should care about a right of conscience. Because if government can force somebody to violate those deeply held convictions, government can do anything. None of, none of our other freedoms are protected if, if government can just trample on you because they have a different view of the world than, than you do, particularly when it comes to your first principles. And so... So instead of saying, hey, do I like the policy or don't like the policy, um, I mean, it, it's, a dumb, it's a dumb policy to try to you know, force a group of nuns to, to cover, to cover abortion force control. But, but leaving that aside, you should never force anybody to, to violate their conscience. That's not the place of government. And, and, and that's the beauty of the, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act federally, as well as our First Amendment. And we're we're in this situation now, relitigating and relitigating and relitigating because there's a lack of respect for religious liberty, and and we've seen that with the way that uh, Josh Shapiro litigated that case. Religious liberty should matter to people. That should be one of those areas where the government takes its hands off and allows people to be free. Randall Wenger, our guest, chief counsel for the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and the Pennsylvania Family Institute. You can find out more at independencelaw dot org or independencelawcenter.org. There are many places, many ways to get there. So <laughs> okay. Independencelawcenter.org. Okay, or pafamily.org. They can find out more about that too. Yep. Um, exactly. 
there's lots of right. well, and I, I I like having you on every now and again because it a is you know keeps us kind of in the loop of what's going on, and these things tend to be stories that stretch over some time, so we can kind of catch the the uh, storyline when we can and and check in and see. There was another one that kicked in back in the spring that I the originally I was like I'd like to talk to you and have you on, but we were dealing with our own stuff, especially as COVID was happening and you're working in the building and you're not and doing interviews was harder when I wasn't in the building and all that. So, um, but, but very pertinent to that was the telemedicine bill. And I think it's a Senate bill 857. And at the time, um, it, you know, it's kind of, a, it's the opposite. This is one that didn't quite go the direction we were hoping for, so to speak, or you would think people would hope for, but share about that, that uh, story, if you would, for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's been a push for telemedicine here in Pennsylvania where people, particularly in rural parts of the state, um, can get medical care with, uh, with, with your doctor remotely. And, you know, you could go and, and, uh, you know, over, over a computer, um, screen, be able to, to meet with the doctor and, and get certain kinds of medical care from the doctor. And it's, it's a way, particularly in more rural areas of the state, to get affordable, easy health care, but you don't have to travel really far to get what you need. Sure. And so particularly with COVID, there was a big push to make this happen, and it made a lot of sense. But telemedicine doesn't make sense for everything. Um, right. So, and, and in particular, um, in some states, they do abortion by telemedicine. We didn't want abortion by telemedicine here in Pennsylvania. Um, how do you do an abortion by telemedicine? Well, chemical abortions. You, you can get a, a doctor to prescribe drugs that will result in an abortion if your if your onboard baby is is young enough that that can be done chemically. But it's also dangerous. There there are things that can happen along the way, which is why the the Food and Drug Administration says that uh, these drugs are supposed to be administered in person, not, not via telemedicine. And so, so the, the telemedicine bill here in Pennsylvania had a provision in it to make sure that, uh, that FDA recommendations, like the FDA recommendation for, uh, for these, these abortion drugs would be followed so that we don't ex- have a, an abortion expansion here in Pennsylvania. We don't want that. We want to protect the unborn. Um, but unfortunately, the governor... The governor was determined that if the telemedicine bill did not include abortion, that he was going to veto it. And that's that's what we have been seeing with with this governor on all kinds of different issues where where really helpful reforms are being made. Like um, in Pennsylvania, as it should be, uh, it's it's illegal to have a sex selection abortion, I and mean, that's been in place. Since, uh, since um, I guess, 30 years at least. So if you find you're going to have a boy, you're like, I don't want a boy, I want a girl. That's not, no yeah, one can do, yeah. you can't do that. Right. And, and so our legislature ended up uh, passing legislation to prevent Down syndrome abortion, where, where you can't get an abortion just because, because your child has Down syndrome. And so that passed out of both houses in the legislature. If if we really if we really believe in equality, um, why do we believe that that certain children should be killed because they have Down syndrome? And yet, that was not something that uh, the governor allowed to become law. So 
So what do you do? Aspect. Just ignore it? You say just you just kind of say I'm not gonna. We'll just push that to the side. Let's not talk about it. And it's different than vetoing no, he, it. Or he vetoed it. Oh, wow. the governor vetoed it. So, so what mm. what we have seen consistently is when good legislation for the state of Pennsylvania, if there's if there's any kind of nexus to the abortion issue, it doesn't seem to matter what it is. Uh, the government, the, the governor takes the side of Planned Parenthood. And that, that is really unfortunate because that's not in the best interest of, that's not in the best interest of the unborn. And it's not in the best interest of, of our society in general. Randall Wenger is our guest today. He's chief counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, also with Pennsylvania Family Institute. Quick break. We'll wrap up our conversation in just a moment. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM560 WFIL.com. And on the app, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Coming down the home stretch with Randall Wenger, our guest, Chief Counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg and the Pennsylvania Family Institute. And just as we close things out, the Senate Bill 857, you ta- we've been talking about that would have been super helpful for the entire state of Pennsylvania, right? Especially with COVID and all that, allowing folks to have that telemedicine thing happening from home. But because there was a certain drug that could cause an abortion at home that was not part of the of things, the governor actually vetoed the bill because that drug was not going to be permitted as part of it, and, uh, and it got shut down. Yep, because as, as the governor showed in other ways, um, while he was shutting down all kinds of medicine because of COVID. Yeah. He kept abortion clinics open, deeming them to be, and this is really ironic, life-sustaining. Abortion clinics are life-sustaining. And that's, when it comes down to it, that's just absolutely Orwellian. Wow. Wow. So you have to, uh, you know, as a... <laughs> As a, as a, in your case, a believer who, you know, you have to, no matter what, in the end, you know, God's on his throne. And so you can subject all the work you're doing and all the battles you're fighting uh, with all the folks you work with and people who support the ministry and the work and all that, uh, you know, to his care and his, his lordship. And so that there's comfort in that. Uh, I'm guessing you really have to uh, be careful some days or you're, you're shaking your head like, what next? But at the same time, you want to uh, be able to just, do your best is unto him and see what he's going to do with it. And, and you do see victories and good things happening. So um, I just think it's a well, bad, right? Yeah, go ahead. And, and, and actually part of this is we don't build anything instantly. And so, so a lot of what happens, you know, taking these life issues, it's the opportunity to have people see what's going on, to see the value of the onboard. There's, there's an educational effort in what's happening, good legislation, but also with an educational component that as time goes on, we're looking to try to, to try to build the life movement by having people see really the stark contrast. And, and hopefully we can then get to a place where, where we will be able to pass this legislation. So it isn't just, Oh, we tried it. Oh, Oh, well, we lost bummer. It's okay. We're going to try, and we're going to try, and we're going to work, and we're going to get smarter, and we're going to help people understand. I, like like the movie Amazing Grace, dealing with William Wilberforce um, ending the slave trade, that took him all his life, but he prevailed. And, and so he was, 
every year introducing these these anti uh, um, slave trade bills. But over time, he was able to gain support, um, both intellectually within England and then ultimately within within Parliament itself. And that's that's really the long-term approach that we need to take on the life issue. And so if we're only looking at a cursory fashion, we could say, oh, you know, it's it's been so long since Roe versus Wade, we're never going to win. Like, no, no, <laughs> that's not the way that that's not the way that we win. That's the way that we live. The way that we win is is to engage as onto the board and uh, do it strategically, do it smart, and watch for the long term win. I like that. I like that a lot. Randall Wenger been kind enough to hang out with us for a little bit to close off the telemedicine part of what we were just chatting about. Just to the thought is, is there a next step for that bill, Senate Bill 857, and in general, is telemedicine still a thing, or is that has that partly subsided some? Well, it, it's partly subsided because the governor ended up doing some things through executive order. Um, and and that's, that, too, is a problem where the governor does a lot of things through executive order that he really ought not do, um, and... And can't do so. We're we're in the process of, of trying to um, to regroup and get this done right. So, in in the field of politics and policy and culture, nothing is you know finally done. So, and so he was able in the short term to um, to do some telemedicine through executive order, but uh, but we're still working to make this to get this done right. Okay. And on the first case we were talking about, uh, the Little Sisters of the Poor, uh, with, where there was um, eventual some, some victories and good things, and, but you also made the comment about the battle for religious liberty in general. Um, does something like that have the, the ability to really push things forward, or you really need a number of those kinds of victories and, and kind of ongoing? It's an ongoing battle. Uh, does religious freedom get an uptick or a strong uptick from something like that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, religious liberty is something that I know Reagan talked about. Every generation needs needs to fight for religious liberty, and, and it seems like now every year we need to fight for religious liberty. But, but there's opportunities to really move things in the right direction. There's a case uh, dealing with uh, dealing with Catholic charities in Philadelphia, and Catholic charities being pushed out of adoption and foster care in Philadelphia because of their view of marriage and the, the families that they're looking to place children with, which is very different than, than the city's view of that. So there's a case now going up to the Supreme Court this fall, um, Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, where the U.S. Supreme Court in part is is reevaluating the framework that we look at religious liberty cases and, and possibly looking to expand religious liberty significantly. And so we're we're hopeful because we've seen a lot of wins, and uh, we're hopeful that uh, that that can be a large leap forward in our time and in our generation. How can people? That uh, leads me to my last question for you. Really, is how can people pray for you, Randall? Um, well, it just just pray, knowing. I mean, everybody knows that uh, that there's some things wrong with our culture right now. And when you're thinking about the things that are wrong with the culture, rather than despairing. Pray for those who are involved. Pray, pray for us. Pray for your leaders, um, for for your president, for your senator, for your congressman, for your governor, for your state senator, for your state representative. 
that that they have wisdom and and that we can move things in the right direction. So hmm. rather than getting frustrated, pray, pray for us, pray for them, and uh, and see how God can make this a better world. It's a great word because you actually have a higher authority you can appeal to. And uh, Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I often pray for wisdom for the people you just mentioned, and I'll just use the phrase, Lord, to give give them wisdom beyond themselves. Uh, that even that, that God's giving them things that they didn't know they had or didn't occur to them before or, or something doesn't come from a natural place in their hearts necessarily, but just wisdom. And, and the truth is, no matter who you are, whatever office you have, that's a big challenge to, to take care of a whole, uh, certainly a city or town, city, a state, um, country. You know, we really do need – I wouldn't want the job. Let's <laughs> put it that way. So <laughs> at least I can do is pray for those folks. So yes. Yeah. Well, it's great to keep up with you, uh, in touch with you, Randall. Hopefully we can do it again uh, down the road and, and see where some of these cases have gone and, and hear about new ones that you're working on as well. So, uh, well, thank you for having me today. Our privilege for sure. Randall Wenger, Chief Counsel of the Independence Law Center in Harrisburg, also Pennsylvania Family Institute. We're just about out of time. You can grab the podcast of this program in less than an hour on our homepage, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to doing it again tomorrow. Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.